Today on Rogue Padron, the feel of wet clothes against flesh, a lot of speciesism, a riper fruit for picking, a council of war, Corrin's deepest fears, dressing down Luke, but not in the fun way, and is this a test? This is Rogue Leader, all wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Listeners, welcome to Mission Four, Season whatever, however many sixty nines you want to put in. Um, <laughs> Padron, aka I Padron, aka Dad Padron. It gets tonight heat every single time. It, it really does. <laughs> She's like without fail. It's just a joke that will always get me. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we'll be going over I Jedi chapters 21 through 27. But before that, a quick that's right, right? I'm correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. a quick reminder of your hosts. Steph, Rogue Seven, would deal with a midlife crisis by throwing all of her time and energy and money into AI research and develop and get as many robot girlfriends as possible. Nice. Oh, you know me so well. Is she isn't she I mean, are you having a midlife crisis right now, Steph? Look, She's I not putting really- all of her I, money energy in it. Oh, genuinely it most going versus to AI all. Research. Yeah. It's a fine line. Okay. Danny, Rogue Six, is not going to have a midlife crisis because he's working hard now to figure out what he wants and it'll pay off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alternatively, Danny is always having a midlife crisis. You, always. You heard it here first, Danny. <laughs> Danny, you're going to do great. So the first I've Remember heard when you're having a midlife crisis to think of this and be like, this can't actually be a midlife crisis. Exactly. I already so. did it. Yeah. Heath, Rogue 3, would handle a midlife crisis by quitting his job, moving to Vermont to start a maple teeny business, and adopt three to six more dogs. <laughs> that sounds amazing. When yeah. when can when is midlife? Like when can uh, I do Whenever this? you decide that you're most likely to die in another however many years old you are. Oh, so I should have done this like a decade ago. Yeah, basically. Yikes. Okay. Do you have some news to <laughs> share with us? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and for my midlife crisis, I would blow all of the money in my bank account and do all of the super nerd and otaku stuff in Japan, like anime cafes, Tokyo Disneyland, the Haikyuu stage play, and the fishing village that the swimming anime is based off of. Nice. I have plans in like two years um, to do this, so... <laughs> so you've got plans for your midlife crisis? I do. You're ready? Yeah. That's such right. a Meg thing, to be ready yes. for your midlife crisis. Correct! <laughs> Always be ready. Always, Always gotta be ready. Okay, I have a question about uh, just Star Wars. <laughs> um, is it just me, or is Star Wars fandom just like a giant shithole right now? It's bad. It's bad. It sure like, is. what the hell is going on? I swear every day, because I sleep when like a lot of you are awake, right? And I swear to God, every day <laughs> I wake up and there's just more bad stuff happening. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just so much easier to amplify the really bad part and everyone thinks it's funny so it gets passed along like a lot mm-hmm. so, so something that like without the current technology and culture of social media and everything that would have been like a 
like not even on anyone's radar in fandom is now like a oh wow did you see that thing from this account that has 20 followers that everyone has been talking about all day it's like the question that it's like not really a big thing but like everybody's talking about it all day so it feels like it is the question that that makes me wonder is like how do we find the balance between like like ignore the trolls which like that clearly doesn't work because then because they just don't give up versus like calling this stuff out but by calling it out it gives them the attention that they want and therefore reinforces screenshot the message they're giving. tweets ah. instead of retweeting is an important thing don't yeah. give them the actual attention yeah um i think it's a good way also just straight up reporting things when you see them instead of replying to them is important i've been doing that a lot if you just report it as spam it tends to get caught up oh yeah um, never never reply yeah, don't reply. Don't don't antagonize them. It doesn't like you never win on either side because um, yeah. they are stuck in their point of view. They're not gonna they're not gonna agree with you at any point or listen to you at any point. Um, I think a lot of it is also amplifying positive things, which a lot of people do try and do. But it's about you know actually trying to reach out to people, try and have positive conversations. Um, I think is important. And also, I just think a lot of people just need chill. Yeah, <laughs> just care less yeah, about stuff. I like or at least pretend to. Like I do. Whenever I like quote tweet or like sh- show something that something someone ridiculous has said, it's like I think it's funny. Like I don't I don't get worked up about it. Yeah, same. And I think like that's part of the problem is like there's a big segment of the fandom that sees that stuff and get like takes it personally and is like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I I think it's funny. <laughs> like <laughs> it's all a joke to me. I, like so like. I don't necessarily think that, like, there's, like, something really wrong with fandom right now. I think it's mostly just, like, there's some not well people out there who are, like, doing weird stuff. And it's kind of funny. And I wish everyone would treat it as such. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But that, like, screed that everyone was talking about today was, like... Oh, my the God. M- I think it's the, hilarious. Like, the MS Paint logo. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's that so is so funny. Funny. And so, the way that like hilarious. they're they're like in the tweets following up, like talking about the reasoning what for the each flag, color stood for. and like the words are like Red in a different font or something. <laughs> so and it's like Judy, like it reads like really differently. It's so funny. Oh my god, right. I was reading and, it like, last night. <laughs> this is a good. This is a good example. Like that is hilarious. Like it is so funny that someone with twenty Twitter followers did that and thinks they're gonna like do anything that's so funny but i saw so many people today like reacting to it in like a very like serious oh my gosh what is wrong with fandom way and like that's it's just funny (laughs) so i totally agree with the fact that it's hilarious (laughs) um but like i do like the thing i'm i wonder about is like remake the last jedi whole thing that happened last week like that was just an egg with 20 followers but then like people were making fun of it making fun of it making fun of it and through that like it gave this person exposure so that other people who agreed with this person were able to find them and now this person has this big platform to spew racist nonsense about kelly marie tran if they feel so inclined like is that is is giving them like is giving them exposure by like pointing out how hilarious it is also like increasing their platform for them to say the other stuff that's actually hurtful and harmful no because there are so many like larger platforms for that kind of crap out there that these people are already following it's not like it's not like something they're not getting anywhere else Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden is now like oh now that this remake the last jedi account is out there people are hearing bad stuff about kelly marie tran like that's happening elsewhere on larger platforms 
I think part yeah, of it I don't is know. also I, like you can laugh at it, but also like report it as you do it. Yeah, and like <laughs> that's I don't a good know. philosophy for life. That's what I laugh do. I laugh and at it report. and then I report it. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I like, whenever something like that comes up, and I like quote tweet it, quote tweet it, whatever. I don't like, I don't view it as giving them more exposure because like I kind of trust the people who follow me more than that. It's like you wouldn't be following me if that's the kind of person you were. So like I I know when I'm amplifying something like that, it's not going to people who'd be like, oh yes, yes. Anyway. Meg, do you have any thoughts on all this? Um, so I was at dinner Monday night, and um, our our friend who's the chef at the place, he came out and. You know, he was he was like, okay, it's been a long time since I've seen you, so how'd you feel about Solo and The Last Jedi? And um, I gave him my very brief opinions about it. And he was kind of like, you know, <laughs> you used to... Because, like, a long time ago, back when, like, Star Wars podcasting Twitter was, like, kind of first starting to be a thing, like, my Twitter handle was, like... My Twitter, like, display name was Star Wars Meg. And, like, that's what he knew me by. Or, like, that's what our friend group in person would call me. Um, and then... So he still, like, remembers it. And so he's like, maybe you should call yourself sometimes doesn't like Star Wars Meg <laughs> instead. <laughs> and I was like, yeah... But, like, and I stopped, and I was like, well, most of the time I just hate the fandom. <laughs> That's bad. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult situation um, because that doesn't just apply to, like, fandom things. You know, it also applies to a lot of the very hurtful things that are going on in the United States right now. Mm -hmm. um, to, like, who are you giving a voice to? Um, by replying and quote tweeting and um, right and everybody has to decide what matters to them to share and like I think everyone is under you know an obligation to when they see like toxic shit to like report it um, but as far as like doing more about it like that's like that's up to you if you can handle it um, like, there are a lot of things in fandom that I can't deal with, uh, just because, like, it hits too close to home, um, or because, like, I know how, like, really upset it makes me, and other people, you know, can't handle it better than I can. Um, but it's, it's a complicated situation, yeah. and because people and community is complicated, and, like, nothing is ever going to be 100%, like, happy all the time unless you have like two friends but even if you have two friends like guess what the next movie comes out and you ship different ships what if someone gets real mad about it yeah. and, like, they could like there is an yeah. x-files episode where Mulder wishes for world peace and bam the solution is that Mulder is the only person on the planet um, <laughs> because that's the only way like people are always going to find something to argue about um, but it's the way that we do it and it's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's been a lot of emotions going on today in this yeah. week. <laughs> I think yeah. just the, in general, like, the state of the world does not help with this whole I was going to say, is fandom just, like, yeah. a, a microcosm of the, it is. the state of the world? Because, like, we all as a community got a lot more, like, snippier and stressed out after 
you know, the elections. We sure yeah. did. Well, and, and I like, feel like that has a big part in it. And we also have to think about who is feeling emboldened to share, like, really racist stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the climate that people are allowed to do these things. The fact that Twitter doesn't take harassment reports seriously. Yeah, um, like, we already had Gamergate to prove that people can get away with this stuff. Exactly. And so, like, what are we supposed to keep doing? And it's, again, it's this, it's this discourse that we're having right now about, like, being civil. Um you know, and it's like, well, you've already proven you don't give a shit about us. So yep. we're going to have to get angrier and, like, defend ourselves. Um, and unfortunately, that does happen in fandom, too. And sometimes it's about really lighthearted things that some people take very personally. Um, but sometimes it's, like, because people are being gross harassers and racists. And <laughs> unfortunately, there isn't, it's more likely that you're going to see it nothing or everything. Um, in response to those things, right? Like, I think people in fandom who are very committed in fandom either are at a zero or a hundred. And right now, everyone's amped up to like 250. Jeez. Yeah. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. I don't think it's like necessarily, um, you know, uh, like I don't, like it sucks because it's just more like negative stuff going on. But like, it's also good because you know, we're weeding out people who are sexist, who are racist, who are people who yell at movie directors on Twitter. Um, and like, finally, people are getting called out about it. And like, that's good, too. And that's something that like has been missing. Um, so it's the Internet's hard. <laughs> it's rough. Yep. It's rough. The best thing is to like, I think not put yourself 100% into your fandom because that's just unhealthy. Right. Even if it is yeah. a coffee mechanism, that's good. Even if it is a coffee mechanism, it's unhealthy and don't don't do that because yeah. right, it can't be the only. It's unhealthy thing for like. you and the community. Yeah, like I have Hunger Games and Halo and like yeah. I mean I have I have other stuff I can like leave Twitter or like I even have game development. Like I can go off and yeah. like when Star Wars is stressing me out, I'll go play Halo or Destiny or something, and like that's fine. Like I love Star Wars a lot, like a lot, obviously. But it's not the only thing I have, and yep. the fandom isn't my only place I can turn to. I think that helps me a lot with being able to disconnect from a lot of what's happening. It's just like get like, for lack of a better way to say it, like get a life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I don't know what else to say. Like, as sad as it is that people are dedicating their lives to like doing that weird stuff, don't dedicate your life to like talking about it you know yeah do what you can do what do what you are able to and what yeah. feels right yeah so um, thing like everybody's experience with it is different so like yeah you got to do what works for you yep damn this is a good question danny <laughs> <laughs> why better does our right? fandom suck this is better than talking about solo <laughs> way better well i'd more sorry i swore too. so much danny that's okay uh, we don't edit it anymore. Danny started this with a swear. I did. Yeah, I absolutely that's did. Fair. Um, so I know I've taken a lot of our time already, but we're about—we've just talked about some heavy, sad things, and we're about to talk about a book that we're, let's be honest, not super enthused about at the moment. <laughs> so, um, can I just ask, <laughs> like, what what are you getting joy from in Star Wars fandom right now, or like, where is your where is your love of Star Wars coming from at this current point in time? My good friends, yeah, podcasting. Um, 
just like being able to watch the movies I do enjoy with my friends. Like, I mean, I may struggle with Solo, but I really love, you know, Rogue One and still like the old movies and like even The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. I still love those as well. Um, and it's mostly just like being able to talk to friends. Whether or not it's even about Star Wars, it's like being able to talk to my Star Wars friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, podcasting, even if I don't love the book, like being able to make fun of it with friends is also just good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like reading it is, is that should painful, be the, the byline of our podcast. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I guess for me, um, it's yeah, going over things that I already know and really enjoy. Like I was a guest on the Kanji cast at their last episode, and so it was all about Bays and Chirut. And like it felt so good to be talking about them because I'm like, I love them and I'm invested and um like it's fun to talk about. Um, and then obviously talking to all my nerds and stuff like that and my precious babies. Um, but other than that, um, I think what's a kind of a big thing is that, so I'm visiting Seattle right now. Um, and I'm going back to New York soon, but I'm moving into my own apartment in New York and I'm, so I'm going through all the stuff that like I packed away and left at my dad's. And it's fun to, like, look at my Star Wars stuff because I haven't seen it in so long. Three and a half months. That's a long time. Yep. Um, and then, like, feel happy that, like, I have a million Ewoks um, or that I have this piece of art um, and, like, kind of remember that, like, oh, yeah, like, this is great. Oh, yeah. I still have, like, I have my, you know, baby nanny, babes. Yeah. She sits next babes. to my bed and she, like, reacts to me because she sits in her cradle and reacts. And I talk to her all the time. Like she's, she still brings me lots of joy. For me, I'm just, I'm, I'm already dreaming of 2019, and I'm just real excited about uh, Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. Not only because yeah, it's yeah. in my own backyard, which I think is gonna be fun, but just because, like, as much as we complain about Celebration from start to finish when we're there, because that's just what we do. <laughs> like just having everyone together in person, and I, I think that. Um, there's just a lot of good that comes from that, especially uh, because I learned last time that it's important to just focus on spending time with important people and not so much trying to get into all the the uh, panels and um, exclusives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, two things for me. One is the ongoing memes. There are just always, <laughs> there's just always so many memes and I'm very grateful for it. Um, and I think number two is celebration but for a different reason from Danny, I think, well, similar to what Danny said, when you're in that environment and, like, with the people you care about, it's going to become, like, really obvious to people how small that, like, toxic part of the fandom is. Like, you won't, you're not even going to notice it when you're there. And I think, like, that will be very refreshing for people to be just be, like, surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of people and be like, oh, that thing everybody is saying is, like, a very pertinent thing. Like, I don't even see or feel it. Hopefully. Good. Good job, everybody. Great. Well, reaffirming spe- segment. speaking of people who do an adequate job. <laughs> mm, adequate is being awfully generous. Let's, yeah. let's jump into chapters 21 through 27 of iJedi. Yay. Yay. So it's generous for everybody here. Corin is worn out from his Jedi training, but still forces him to go out for a run anyway. As he exits the Great Temple, he sees Mara's Z-95 headhunter and realizes that Kip must be back. He follows Kip's traces through the Force until he finds the other trainees gathered, Silgal cradling Luke's head in her lap. Although his body is alive, Silgal can't feel or find any trace of Luke inside of himself. (laughs) 
Cora tries to do it too, but fails as well. And once again, <laughs> that was how Luke died. Yeah, Luke's super dead. Um, Corrin beats himself up, ugh, insisting that if he had handled <clears> the <throat> if he could have convinced Luke to take more action, he could have saved him, or at least provided a different outcome, which, buddy, that's not how the Force works. <laughs> and, you, and you'd think he'd have, this, he'd have learned this lesson by now. You right. think, but, but Corrin doesn't learn lessons. Corrin does a very good job of not learning lessons. Yeah, I would, I would actually think at this point that Corrin will definitely not learn the lesson. <laughs> That's the lesson I've learned about Corrin. Yeah, see, we learn lessons. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, uh, as the other trainees start to feel a little despairy, Corrin rouses them. They're not alone, and they have work that needs to be done. They need to move Luke to the grand audience chamber, call Coruscant to let them know what happened to Luke, and to get a real medical team and a survey team out there. Corin, and also probably the rest of the trainees, know that Kip is behind this. Silk Hall, an ambassador, tries to stop them from drawing too many conclusions without evidence, but it's pretty clear that Kip had come back and, with the help of Exar Kun's dark side power, somehow defeated Luke. Since he left the headhunter there, the only conclusion is that he has taken the Sun Crusher with him, which means a lot of people are in danger. Okay, quick review. Sun Crusher is like a, Sun Crusher a is mini Death Star, but a ship. Uh, yeah, a mini Death Star that's a ship, but uses the power of like a sun to destroy an entire system. So basically, oh, so weird. Have you heard it's that? It's a tiny before. star killer. It's a tiny star killer inside of a little ship. Aw, cute. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. We, should, we should give those I out as like... Christmas presents this year <laughs> it may have been the wrong word there's still a lot of tinies in there <laughs> just because something is tiny doesn't make it cute yes that's it does make that how it works that's what she said <laughs> just because something's tiny doesn't mean it's cute <laughs> oh cute it's a tiny Kylo Ren oh, no it's a tiny Emperor Palpatine. Oh no, please don't. I hope nobody calls it that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, we're doing two different jokes here right now. <laughs> oh no. You, Meg, you know somebody does. I know! <laughs> no, 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 no. Do it. <laughs> oh god! Everything about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I can. I will never look at that gif in the same way ever. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just making a perfectly innocent joke about how if things are cute. Or they're small, they're cute, like Saf said. Yeah, but you can't make that joke after oh. Heath says that's what she said. Oh. Uh, so I just can't talk was... about the sizes of things ever again? Correct! Yeah, basically. Oh. <laughs> it's a dangerous game to play. The only size you're left to talk about is slightly smaller Luke. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> slightly smaller how? <laughs> oh. You just ruined slightly smaller Luke. <laughs> Mika, how could you do this I'm to so me? I'm so mad. Oh my god. I love everything about this conversation. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. 
The trainees will always have someone with Luke to guard him, but also to watch for changes in his condition. Under Cam's instruction, trainees will continue their exercises to keep them focused, calm, and strong. Corin heads down to the comm center and sends R2 to go look after Luke, which is what he wants to be doing anyway. Corin first tries to call Wedge, but he only gets his voicemail because he's probably fulfilling Saf's dreams of making out with a morally gray scientist blue alien lady. Noise. He calls Tycho and gets through and fills him in on what's going on. Tycho will gather a med team and fly out there himself. Corin also asks for some supplies, including enough explosives to level a temple. Mismarked in case that there's someone who might betray them. Tycho doesn't hesitate to provide, trusts Corin, knows what he's doing. Corin Horan, the man who once almost got him convicted to a death sentence by the New Republic. Ah, yes. Water under the bridge. Tycho uh, is too big for this world. Yeah, there's a lot of problems here. <laughs> but most importantly, Heath, wasn't it great to read about Tycho again? It's always great to read about Tycho. <laughs> yeah, didn't you just love reading this section with Tycho in it? It's always great to read about Tycho. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the section with Tycho, Heath? When he appeared. <laughs> when Tycho was there. <laughs> In case it's not clear to <laughs> listeners, Danny's trying to call me out for not reading the chapters, which I did not do. <laughs> Too busy. No, I don't want no. to. I was like in the hospital. And Too shit. busy, not caring. Too oh, you busy. are not you playing the hospital card. Potentially, I, sh- I sure am. <laughs> All right, that's your one. I was dealt it. So it's your only episode it. you get to use the hospital <laughs> excuse. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, <laughs> like, let's be clear. This hospital excuse. <laughs> yeah. If you go to the hospital again, you get a new one. Okay. Tycho patches Corrin over to the Elder Kraken, and he informs him of Luke's condition and the probability of Kip having taken the Sun Crusher. Kraken will do what he can, and Corrin promises to keep him updated. There's no word on Mirex yet, yet, but they're still hopeful and trying, probably. Because remember, the whole plot of this story is that Mirex goes missing. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've really veered away from that. Like, how many yeah, months has Corrin been training now? Because his master plan is like, I'm going to train all the way up to become a master Jedi and then go save her. Yeah, we'll there's really we'll come no back like sense of um urgency, tension. Yeah, urgency. There's no sense of urgency in the whole Merrick thing, considering no. like he was like, like maybe she's dead. Like the something just doesn't feel right in the pacing of this book, yeah, and it's, it's mostly he the Merrick. Really thing. indifferent to whether or not she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, too, way too easily distracted. Like, I am easily distracted, but I would not get distracted from the fact that my wife is missing. I mean, to be fair, Luke Skywalker spent, like, an afternoon at the Dagobah Spa and, like, became a Master Jedi. So, Corrin probably didn't think it was going to take this long. Yeah, but Luke's a Skywalker, and he should have considered that. D- when has Corrin ever considered anything? Fair point. Fair point. Because of Sughal's rank as ambassador and Cam leading instruction, Corrin basically has no power or authority in any aspect and he kind of hates it. He can't pull rank or convince people he knows what he's doing because he still has to stay undercover as some Jedi wannabe. Unfortunately, the survey team the Elder Kraken had sent came up with inconclusive results onto whether or not the Sun Crusher was taken. The New Republic seems to take this as a no news is good news, but really that's probably bad news. (laughs) Tycho arrives with the medical team, but all they can say is that Luke's systems are functioning, functioning normally. They have no idea what to make about Luke's spirit and the force because doctors only know about science. Um, 
Also, Corin makes a snide remark about Rancors, which, as we know, Rancors can be extremely altruistic, and that maybe he should talk to Kirana T about Dathomir sometime. He should. I feel like he would learn something from her. Yeah, I hope she kicks his butt. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping he'll learn, is he'll just end up with bruises. Yeah. Um, when Leia and her family arrives, the spirits of the trainees are lifted for a hot second. But it's tough to see Luke laid out as if he were dead. They do what they can to reinvigorate the students, Han making them a Karelian meal, and Leia scolding them, reminding them that they can never give up. But just as Corrin is about to cheer for Leia's speech, he's slammed with what he thinks must be what Luke had previously mentioned as a great disturbance in the Force. They all feel it, the lives and hopes engulfed in flames and extinguished. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Big mood. Who among us? Next thing he knows, Corrin is outside with Han. They know that a system has been destroyed, and it must be Kip and the Sun Crusher. Corrin sees a glimpse of Kip's brother and asks Han about it, who reveals that he is on Carita. Carita, doesn't matter. Making the system, marking it as the system that it was destroyed. Which, that was one of the things about Solo where I was like, oh, they use that and actually in canon. Um, that there's an Imperial Academy there. Because that was in these books. I know we should just right. come to expect certain things with our Star Wars lit at this point. But it still just made me groan so hard that uh, Corrin used the exact same phrase that Obi-Wan did when Alderaan was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. surely, surely Luke sat him down at some point and told him verbatim, when Alderaan was destroyed, Obi-Wan felt a great disturbance in the Force. And that's how you know that a system has been destroyed, <laughs> is if you feel a great disturbance in the Force. And then yeah. Corrin's like, like I, I just felt a great disturbance in the Force. Therefore, it. a system must have I been destroyed. I felt the great disturbance! <laughs> I feel like if I felt that, I'd just be like, wow, the Force feels real messed up right now. Like, that's real, it's real screwed up, buddy. That's real screwed up. Mr. Force, I don't feel so good. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Han is going to go after Kip, and Corrin asks to go with him, revealing who he really is. But Han says that this is the one thing he can do, and then he's gonna do it alone. Corrin has more abilities than he does, and he needs to stay and help the trainees. Help Luke, help Leia, and his family. Han believes that Kip will listen to him. That night, Korn realizes he's not as closed off as he used to be. He knew, of course, things like the systems being destroyed is a bad thing. But now he feels it and understands the repercussions it has throughout the galaxy. Oh god, this hits way too close to home right now. Um, he's a Jedi in training now, which means that his sphere of responsibility extends out to those distant people. He drifts off to sleep, but wakes up when he feels the twins screaming. He races to the grand audience chamber, recalling something Strain had said at dinner that night, that the dark man wouldn't leave him alone. He happens to be the one guarding Luke at that very moment. I feel like when someone says something ominous like that, you should probably worry a bit more. It's fine. Corrin wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> when is he ever? Corrin was yeah. too distracted by the racist undertones. There's a lot of racist undertones. <laughs> um, with... Let's see. Boop, boop, boop. When Corrin enters, he sees a windstorm surrounding Luke and Leia, who is holding on to him, trying to bring him back down to the ground. Other trainees start coming into the room, and Corrin sits down and projects an image of an empty room in Strain's mind, proof that he succeeded in his task and can stop now. With his defenses down, Kirana T tackles him, and Cam and Tiani are able to safely bring Leia and Luke down to the ground. 
Strain comes back to himself, saying he was having a nightmare and he was trying to fight off and kill the Dark Man. But when he woke, it was Luke. He says they need to destroy the Dark Man before he destroys them. Corrin heads back to his room, reflecting on how to get rid of a spirit of a Dark Lord of the Sith. They can't rehabilitate or incarcerate or physically kill him, so what do? I know I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm just like, I'm really quite surprised that like this much of the plot hinges on the spirit of a thousands-year-old dead Sith Lord. Considering it's also a different book trilogy, yes. Right. Amazing. <laughs> and he's Truly also just amazing. like up and about, just like doing stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's the, there's nothing mystical about Exar Kun. He's just like around. <laughs> it's that's very true. I feel like this book kind of feels like it's a nothing book. Like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this stuff more. doesn't really like matter in the context of like what is happening in other books <laughs> which and is surprising because the system was just destroyed <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. The thing and is, a thousands it's... years dead jedi or sith master is like around doing stuff but i totally agree with you saf <laughs> it's like it doesn't really feel it like it would matters. matter if we were reading the jedi academy trilogy but because but it's not the jedi academy trilogy it does not matter <laughs> Yeah, which is why it feels like such a nothing book. Like, the fact that also the main thing of, like, Merrick's missing has just kind of been just, like, thrown to the side. This book is very, um... I feel like it's not trying a lot to really make itself stand out. Is this... Is this whole book just a retcon, basically, Meg? Like, did the Jedi Academy trilogy come up before any of the X-Wing books? And then this is Mike Stackle being like, No, no, look, Seacorn was there the whole time! He was just off to the side solving murder mysteries. It's not... Not that... <laughs> oh my god it's a very slender version of that <laughs> it's an extremely slender version of the jedi academy trilogy yes <laughs> so on brand for mike <laughs> all right well let's see as corn lays down in bed xr kun appears before him he comments that he underestimated Corrin because Kip and Gentorus didn't like him very much. <laughs> he, try- he tries to convince Corrin that they're similar, and he tries to show Corrin what he wants. An image of the invidious is portrayed, then zooming into Tavira, who is apparently hotter now that she isn't six fucking teen. <laughs> Ex-Sarkoon offers Corrin the power to destroy her or to possess her. And rule at her side. This book remains extremely unproblematic. <laughs> yep. Despite Cora not getting any in a while, since, you know, his wife was kidnapped, he still passes. Wow, such growth. Yeah. Even though he did have to have a line about being, like, his dick twitched. And I'm like, great. I definitely needed to know that. What? <laughs> Do the homework, Sam. Look, I was dealing with a broken name. All right. But I am How long does Sap get to use that excuse? <laughs> My knee's not broken anymore, Heath. I got a one show limit. <laughs> I wow. need to show some compassion, there. Heath. Jeez. Look, wow. we, you went over this earlier about how we're very sorry about Sap's knee, but sometimes <laughs> there are more important things to worry about. <laughs> Like Corin Ching Dong Twitten. God, okay, let's move Love on. Seth, love her knee, very sorry about it, but... But, please restart your internet. Um, <laughs> let's see. Please pull yourself together, Seth. 
I start Keith, and then did you literally just get up to get a drink and bring your laptop with you? Turned <laughs> 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 in. It's like your sound quality changed. Like there's, you can hear the beverages being poured in the background. <laughs> I sure did do that. I love you, buddy. I'm back. Oh, uh, never change. <laughs> Exarcoon then moves his focus to Tavira's guard, who is Force-sensitive. Exarcoon offers to give Corrin the power to defeat him, take his place, and Tavira's line of successes. Corrin says he can do it without him. Coon then shows Corrin Mirax, saying that he'll never find her without him. She's resting peacefully, but that's about it. Coon says that he can give Corrin to her, Tavira, everything he's ever wanted, as long as he agrees to kill Luke. Corrin says, nah, that Kuhn has already lost and continues to lose. He continues to push Kuhn away, proving that he doesn't need him and won't fall to the dark side. Kuhn leaves him with an image of Mi- Mirage, Mirax disintegrating. Thanks for that horrible nightmare. I, okay, first of all, I don't feel so good, XR Kuhn. Second of all, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't believe for a second that Corrin wouldn't turn to the dark side for the opportunity to get with a slender lady. Listen, say that to his face. We want to save his wife. I want to at least see him like struggle a bit more. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Okay, good. I like that. Um, Corrin is shaken, but forces himself to laugh. Soon enough, it turns into real laughter because Corrin has figured out one of Kuhn's weaknesses. The next day, Corrin tries to speak with Leia alone, but the arrival of Terpfen, a Mon Calamari who admits to being an Imperial tool and giving the Empire the secret location of a Noth where Winter and Anakin Solo are hiding. Oh my god. This is just read the Jedi Academy trilogy. <laughs> um, basically, Leia needs to leave, and so she's going to go to Mon Calamari with Terpfen to ask Akbar where her other child is. Um, Hang on, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? How long is this book set after the last, like, Rogue Pod book we, Rogue Squad book we read? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> did, did, did Anakin Sitting, Solo sitting exist? in with the inconsequential theme. <laughs> did Anakin Solo exist in that is. book? An- no, Anakin Solo is a baby, like a newborn baby. He's a baddie, but he's a newborn baby? He's baby a newborn with a baby. baby. Oh, a newborn baby, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. but, okay, okay. It doesn't matter. Um, what? Naming your child Anakin is just asking for trouble. No, it's bad. Especially because Leia's, like, I don't... He's not my real father. So she yeah, named Leia- Anakin instead of Bale. Anyway, let's not even yeah, get into that's, that. That's dumb. <laughs> I bet Luke was there being like, do it. Do it. Name him Anakin. God. Do it. Stop it! <laughs> do it. Anyway. Corrin catches up with her as she goes to pack, insisting that she can't go with Chirpfin. She can't leave the twins there. But Leia knows who he is, knows that Han said that she can trust him, and then she's leaving the twins in his care. Great. Besides, she knows that he won't leave the planet because he's figured something out. Cora knows that the students most susceptible to Kuhn's influences are ones who had brushes with the dark side previously. He's going to keep an eye on them and keep a low profile. Corrin is also sure that he can track Kuhn when he's active. He could recover as soon as that night or tomorrow, but he's going to do his best. I don't feel like enough attention was given to the fact that Corrin is now also just randomly babysitting while doing this. It's so he can feel more like a dad, I guess. Yeah, it just seems like it. Two, how old are these kids by now? Like in like three, two. two, yeah, two or three. Like yeah, 
you don't just like solve a murder mystery and and take care of a couple of two year olds on the side. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen a movie where that's the plot line. Probably and it turned out fine. <laughs> so I think it's actually all fine. Okay. All right. Great. I feel like that's the least problematic bit in the story. <laughs> I mean, for sure. I just feel like we're glorifying childcare a little bit here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Childcare is not easy. Um, Corrin focuses on fixing the headhunter, asking Street for help, mostly so he can keep an eye on him and use him as bait. Corrin gives Street just enough information to make sure that Street feels like he can fly away if he wants to. But Corrin has set in a lot of precautions to make sure it wouldn't turn out the way that Coon wants. But Coon is not that sophisticated. Corrin wakes to alarm set by R2. He runs out and hops into the headhunter, feeling Kuhn controlling three creatures he's sending to go kill Luke, much easier to control than any of the trainees. The beasts already inside the temple are defeated, but Kuhn sends four more creatures, which Corrin takes out really gruesomely in a really long scene. Um, It's bad. It's not good. When Corrin heads back down and lands, Cam is suspicious of him being missing, especially when Corrin says he knows that Kuhn is behind this. They know it too, but it's because the twins have been able to communicate with Luke through the Force, and they just learned it, like, at that moment. Nice. Yeah. Cam knows that he and Luke have not been forthcoming, but Corrin convinces him that he's on their side, and that he's just going to have his own reasons for being there. Cam accepts it, and they start planning out how to fight against Kuhn in the morning. At the Council of War, Corrin hangs back, keeping awareness on all of the others. He sees the threat of darkness, binding Strain to Exar Kuhn, and exploits it, giving Kuhn particular information and particular feelings about their plans. As it seems more ridiculous, and the trainees seem even more weak, Kuhn's tether disappears. Corrin speaks up then, telling the rest that the next time Kuhn attacks, they're going to fill the chamber with as much of the light side as they can muster. But Corrin can't be privy to their plans, much like they can't know what he's going to do. Strain must be the one guarding Luke the next night, and while he and Cam doubt it at first, Corrin confidently tells them that Strain will be strong and he won't break this time. When Kirana T realizes Corrin is going after Kuhn alone, Corrin remarks that he's been to the land of impossible before, and with them, he might just survive another journey there. <clears throat> the next night, Corrin lands the headhunter near the Obsidian Temple that could only belong to Exar Kuhn. He has the explosives with him, and he loads up and heads over. He doesn't like being there, but he's survived having Booster Tarek as a father-in-law, so he can survive this. Right. Yeah. Aha, more father-in-law jokes. We also learned that it was Jason Solo, a three-year-old, who protected Luke with his with Luke's own lightsaber from a trio of the beasts sent by Kuhn the previous night. Talented kid. Yeah, I just want to let that in. Mm. Mm-hmm. He seems like a good guy. Mm. Really <laughs> 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 good. Yeah, super good. He sets the charges around the temple near structural places to bring as much of it down as possible. When he finishes, he pushes out his sphere of responsibility, letting his presence be felt in the Force. Kuhn notices him pretty much right away. They taught each other, taunt, not taught, they taunt each other for a while, before Kuhn straight up starts to torture Corrin by first breaking some bones, and then sending images of Mirax, his father, and Lujane. Okay, the three most important people in Corrin's life. (laughs) The most important character in all of this. (laughs) 
Basically to confront Corian and like describe his deepest and darkest fears. Saf, did you enjoy reading about Lou Jane again? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> what, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite part that had Lou Jane in it? Lou Jane, just in general. Was it the <laughs> part how part. she was being tortured the entire time that we saw her? Yeah. Just the fact she was there. Like even then, I was still glad she was there. Just the fact she got mentioned. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't know how excited I was to see her name in those notes. <laughs> In the notes. (laughs) Look, I'm going to read these chapters. (laughs) I have to now. Yeah. Corrin doesn't give in to his anger, but Kuhn tries to talk into his despair by showing him his potential child. (laughs) Showing Mirax pregnant and happy and wrenching it away from him. Okay, so you know those, like awful apps where you can like put into people's faces and it like combines oh, them yeah. to show you what your child look like and it always looks like the ugliest thing in the world <laughs> like i'm imagining xr coon did that with the corn and mirax's face <laughs> and it's just like this terrible hybrid face on a little child body <laughs> oh no when corn feels as if he's about to break mara's voice rings out through the temple insulting coon Telling him he's weak, that the dark lord of the Sith that she knew made him makes him look like a toddler. Mara remains the best part of this book. Yes, correct. Kuhn manages to probe Corrin's mind and sees that there's a trap and disappears to go take care of the defenseless Skywalker. Corrin reveals to the concerned Mara that there is a trap, but not the one that Kuhn thinks it is. That they're going to defeat him and that there's no way they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Mara explains that she had come back because she found some information about Mirax he can review as he recovers, but felt him and Kuhn fighting and the force boiling as she entered the atmosphere, and so she owed him, so she came to help. Mara helps Corrin out of the temple and back into the Headhunters. She does what she can to treat him and informs Corrin that Kuhn is gone, Luke is okay, and that there's a new group of Jedi Knights, and that is all the detail we get on that storyline. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, read the other books instead. Um, you really can't write a book being like, hey, you have to read this whole other trilogy to understand a bunch of this book. Yeah, you can, obviously. Isn't that literally the entirety of every Star Wars book, though? Not yeah. the ones Hey, you I have like. to watch this trilogy in order to understand what's going on in this book. Not the books I like, Denny. Really? What Star Wars books stand alone without having watched the movies? The Crystal Star. <laughs> Glove of Darth Vader. Read Harvest. Okay. <laughs> the Phantom. You have listed probably the last Asian. three books that I ever <laughs> want to read. <laughs> hey, you need Death Troopers because there's Stormtroopers in that one. Doesn't matter. Also, Han and Chewie are in it. Whatever well. that one that takes place like thousands of years before the Battle of Yavin and, and is like the first one chronologically. No one likes that. <laughs> yeah, but that would make sense. That wasn't the question, Meg. <laughs> I haven't read anything from any era. Did you, wait, he's, did you just see that one on the chrono- chronology page on Wikipedia? No. Okay. <laughs> I would have named the title. if. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there is one that's like. Oh, that one. Long time ago, you know? That this one, one the like title's in front of me, but I'm not It's not the chronology, gonna... but it's not because it's like time travel. Oh, I hate time travel. And it has Thrawn oh, in it. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Wait, hang on. You're telling me there's a Star Wars Legends book that not only has time travel, but it has Thrawn time traveling? No, Thrawn doesn't time travel. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's the same book. I read this a long time ago. It was called Dawn of the Jedi. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that book. Dawn of the Jedi is time travel? No, no. different. This book. is, this is like the, like, 
first. Oh, is it the thing. beginning of the Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what dawn means, like the dawn of the Jedi. Yeah. Like dawn of justice. <laughs> Except better, I'm assuming. But like, does that book actually make any <laughs> sense if you don't know the, about the Jedi? I don't know. I mean, the Jedi. The Jedi. Uh-huh. I literally have not read this book. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, continue. everyone else is talking about a book they haven't read. What's the difference? <laughs> Wow. I read most of these books, Danny. <laughs> most of these books. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's okay. like this, that's like a kid in the class being like, "I didn't write on the bathroom wall," <laughs> and that's like the first you're hearing of it. Like I didn't read like something Star Wars books to not have that recognized. Oh my god. Okay, Corinth injuries are soups bad. So much that he has to go into emergency back to tank, which is horizontal rather than vertical. I don't know why those are different. Why does that make an emergency? I don't know. <laughs> because you could do it in a horizontal back to tank. No, I feel like I feel like in the vertical one, you like have enough strength to like keep yourself. We don't. Upright. The back to tank is buoyant. Float. Do you know how floating works, eh? <laughs> You also like have a bunch of tubes on you. Oh my god! Did you just right, saf splayed like, floating? No, it might it might be like better for the body to just like be horizontal and like on something. I mean, it definitely does feel better to be lying down. Yeah. Okay, we're not doctors. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> we're not I like even doctors. doctors. We should have recorded this when I was in the hospital. I could have asked. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um, Korn's physical injuries heal just fine, but his deepest fears that Kuhn exposed have him very shaken up. Meanwhile, Han brings Kit back, and he and Luke go destroy the Sun Crusher once and for all. When Korn is pretty much done physically healing, he tells Luke that he can't stay there, that it isn't working for him. Luke's a frowny boy, because Mara had already come and gone, and she hadn't stayed to make sure Luke was okay. Wink, wonk. The truth of it is, Korn can't stay there with Kip. Kip, whose punishment was helping destroy the Sun Crusher and not being tempted back to the dark side when they visited Kuhn's temple. Korin cannot even. <laughs> he thinks that people can be redeemed, but they still need to serve their sentences as deterrent for others, as well as proof that the Jedi do have some kind of moral high ground against the rest of the universe. It's not right. It's not right for Kip to be made a Jedi Knight to be walking around free after he ran off, stole a super weapon, and then destroyed an entire system. I like actually agree with Corin for once here when he he goes on about how Luke is just like sees the world sunny side up. Yeah, because like Luke brought Vader back from the dark side, so he thinks everyone's okay. Okay, but no, <laughs> Kip Duran did bad things. Kip yeah. Duran was real bad. Yeah. And, like, he he is not actually being punished for any of it. Because, like, think about what they almost did to Tycho for maybe being a spy that we can't yeah. prove. Right. Yeah. But Kip, like, actually murdered a star system, and it's cool. Looks like, I feel like fine. Luke should, like... He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> lock away his force powers for a while to punish him? Something. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. You're grounded from the force. <laughs> <laughs> no force for a week. <laughs> no force after nine o'clock. <laughs> Luke says that Corin thinks... No, Luke is adamant that Kip is under Coon's control. But Corin points out that he was not. 
that he was might have been influenced, but not under any control, because Kip did not kill Luke. Coon, more than anything, Coon wanted Luke dead. But all Kip did was make sure that Luke was out of his way. If Coon was really controlling him, he would have killed Luke instead. Luke says that Corrin thinks too much. But Corrin bites back that Luke doesn't think enough. Ooh, they're both right. (laughs) They're both right. (laughs) That Luke sees everything in black and white in grand cosmic terms, but there's more to it than that. Luke says that there isn't. And if Corrin doesn't believe that, then he's as good as lost to the dark side. Okay, Luke, chill. Luke, no. Luke, there are gray areas, bro. Yeah. Corrin. Cover that one day. Yeah. Corrin gets mad. (laughs) Rightfully so, I think, in this case. Um, Corrin has absolutely seen the dark side. And he's tiptoed the line, but he's never, ever crossed it. And he gives a lot of examples, like, from being in Corsac, um, about, like, how he's dealt with, like, really awful, terrible, the worst of any sentient being out there. And in cases where he could have, you know, killed his father's murderer or beat up an abuser and stuff, he did not, um, even though he really, really wanted to. And, like, buddy, Luke... You probably messed up this time. I'm so mad that we are in a situation where Corrin Howarn has the moral high ground on Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I this, this, I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't like it. This is a Corrin Horn book. <laughs> no. Um, this is this is the Luke story that everyone wanted. Is, is it? Apparently. Is it? It's not. Um, yeah. Like it's legends, real, y'all. Yeah. Like, it's real, it's real rough. That... That part was really rough. Um, so Luke is taken aback. He thinks that Corrin will be a great Jedi, but he's just worried about him. And Luke also just feels friggin' bad about himself because Corrin tore down everything about his academy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Corrin tries to encourage Luke, but will still have to leave. The Corellian Jedi have stuck to their own anyway, done things their own way. That's the legacy that he has to follow. R2 comes in letting Luke know that there's an Imperial Star Destroyer in orbit. But don't worry, that's just Corrin's ride. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Where, 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 what is he doing with the Solo kids? Well, Luke's awake now, so Luke can take care of them. Oh, right, Luke can be babysitter while he's training Jedi's. Yeah, Unky Luke can totally take care of it. Okay, great. Yeah, Kip's doing it, don't worry. Um, <laughs> don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. Kip will just go on to like want to bang Jaina Solo, a three year old toddler later. Like, don't worry about it. Cool. It feels like cool. Twilight. I don't like it. Yeah. Wait, this is. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. That. Mm. Yeah. This is why. Sorry. Not sorry at all. Nerf. Um, I cannot get behind the Kip and Jaina ship. Wait, it's, it's because... a ship? Yeah. Yes. This is a What's very real called? ship. What's it called? Is it Kana or Jip? I don't know. I hope it's Kana. It's definitely Jip. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's Jip because I feel gypped right now. Yeah. <laughs> because Kip is literally an 18-year-old mass murderer while Jaina is a toddler. Yeah. 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 Don't like it. And I don't care that when this happens, Jaina's like 18 or 19. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, he'd still be in his 30s, right? He would still be... That 15 years older than she is. 
And also, and also she's a, a teenager. Move. She's a yeah. teenager. Teenagers are dumb. I know oh. this because I was one. Yeah, also a mass murderer. Um, it sounded like you were going to say more, but too. then I was like, there's not really much else to say <laughs> yeah. other than teenagers are dumb. That kind of covers it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A- anyway, anyway. So, yeah, I'm glad I got to tell you about that, Danny. I'm surprised no one else had. Yeah, thank you. Um, Corin docks aboard the Errant Venture and is immediately surrounded by Booster's security team. They try to make him give up his lightsaber, but Corin refuses. Booster comes out to greet him, absolutely livid and wanting to know where Mirax is. Corrin says he can explain and gets hauled to Booster's office. Yeah, Inside- Corrin, why did you disappear from trying to save my daughter and go learn to be a Jedi instead? Yeah, it's been like 10 weeks or something. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. Inside, Corrin notices a hollow projection cube of pictures of Mirax throughout her life. Whatever numbness he had felt before was gone, and the loneliness of losing Mirax hits him fully. Booster comes in, demanding to know why Corrin never told him about Mirax. Corrin figures out Booster's show of anger is all just a test, that he knew Mirax has been missing, and that she has been, and that she was working with the Elder Kraken to find the invids before it happened. Booster wanted to make sure that a Jedi would still want to go save Mirax, and that Corrin would accept responsibility for whatever happens to her. What? What? Yeah, yeah, Seth. It's, it doesn't even... It, what? It's a big dick contest, okay? <laughs> it's bad. Yes, it's bad. Um, Mara had provided a lead. Mirix had been last seen on Nalhada to make a deal. Rather than go there bl- guns blazing, Corrin has a different plan. He asks Booster for all of the information about the invids and their patterns he can find, and to get him on and off Corellia. Booster remarks that Corrin is nutters for thinking he can just come and go on Corellia, but Corrin assures him that a Corellian Jedi is the person who's going to save Mirax, and he's it. So, just to just to quickly recap. Yeah. So Mirax went, Mirax went missing. <laughs> yep. Corrin said, I could go look for her, or I could spend months training to be a Jedi Master so that I could use the Force to find her. Mm-hmm. After which... Corrin spent some time training to be a Jedi, but then got angry. And yeah. so after letting months pass, decided to just go back to the plan of just like going to search for her on his own in the first place. But now he has a lead. Oh. Did it really take Mara that long to find this lead? This is not Mara's fault. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to judge Mara. She's the only no, one. No, I'm not judging thing. I'm not judging Mara. <laughs> I'm judging Corrin for not like finding that lead from her sooner. It probably did. It probably did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can accept that at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the chapters. Those that's where we are in the book now. We are off of the Jedi Academy. Thank God. Yeah. Ooh. Thank goodness. And what a time it was. <laughs> Should we do some listener questions? We'll do a yeah. listener question too. Alright. Last we still need to answer last week's, right? We do. All right. Last week we asked, if you smashed your sphere of responsibility, what would you find inside? I have mine. I can go first. Yes, please. Um, Inside of mine would be a sphere of irresponsibility, (laughs) which would immediately yell at me for smashing the sphere of responsibility. (laughs) Proud of you, buddy. Wouldn't the sphere of irresponsibility be proud of you for smashing the sphere of responsibility? Danny, don't do this. (laughs) This is Heath's answer. You don't get to question it. Okay. I have two answers. Is that okay? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's fine, Zach. Go ahead. Okay. One of them is that it would just be lots of tinier spheres of responsibility. Because <laughs> I have to. I have to do that. But also, the other one, I feel it would just, lots of spaghetti would just come spilling out of it. <laughs> just spaghetti everywhere. I don't know why, but is I it, feel this in my soul. Is it sauced or is it just like noodles? <laughs> It's sauced. It's got it's got some bolognese, but it's oh, mostly okay. noodles. Oh, bolognese, nice. Okay. Yeah, but mostly noodles. Mostly noodles. Okay, cool. Staff, yeah. mostly noodles, peeper tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you chose a food answer because mine was food too. Mine was chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Oh, that's mm-hmm. way better than mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> Look, I can just feel you had it, okay? the whole world of food to choose from. <laughs> I really like spaghetti. Spaghetti lightly sauced with a bowl of egg. Oh my god. Um, mine is when it gets cracked open, it'll just be a bunch of eggs, and inside of the eggs, <laughs> regs, 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 listening, no. listening okay. eggs. No, they're baby Ewoks inside because I have decided that Ewoks reproduce by eggs. Oh, mm. cute. Because they, they are my res- they're mar- they are my responsibility. I I will I have learned from my previous uh dis- digress discretion indiscretion I will I will not correct your answer for you. Oh. Maybe, oh, do you want to talk about like how baby Ewoks are born? Is that yeah, what you Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. No, you said I'm not allowed to correct anyone's answers. This this isn't related to an answer anymore. We're just having a discussion. Go. <laughs> Why can't they be born from eggs, Danny? Danny just—I just feel that pain. Dan- in that silence. I think I think Danny just quit the podcast. <laughs> he's gone. Now he's on it. his rock. I can yeah. see him. We did it. All right, <laughs> pop that champagne over there. We've been Jeez. waiting for this. <laughs> we have not. Danny, we love you. Even and though him. even though you're hiding behind a rock and refusing to talk, we see you and we love you. Thanks. <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna talk about the Ewok thing or is that over? <laughs> I mean I asked a question. I still really wanna talk about it. <laughs> if uh, if we've like moved beyond that drama, let's talk about it. It's, it's fake and in space, so Yeah. That's yeah. that's all I have to say about it. Yes. Okay. So they can definitely be born from eggs. But if it were real and on Earth <laughs> They could be like an Australian animal. Yeah. Yeah, that they, don't make any sense. They would be in the um, they'd be in the monopoda uh, grouping, which there is only one on the entire planet Earth, and it is the platypus. Cool, I love platypus. It's a, a mammal that lays eggs. Yeah, just like an Ewok. <laughs> glad no, I'm glad we all ended up on that same page. Is that correct? <laughs> right. Oh wait, a uh, monopod like... is something that you put a camera on. What am I thinking of? <laughs> Well, I don't know how much I trust you now. I love that we all we were all just like, ooh, (laughs) nice knowledge. Oh, mono tree, not monopod. Camera equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Monopod. I don't think I can trust Danny anymore. Tripod, but you shove it right in the ground. Tream Just is, like eggs! Tream is Greek for whole. Bottle means one. One whole. Platypus, oh, one whole. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, but she definitely said that at some point. <laughs> I don't mean to always be quoting her, but that's a, that's a classic of hers. <laughs>
<laughs> Should we get to the actual listeners? Yeah, part? let's do it. Let's. This can go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Raising Fangirl said, inside my sphere would be a bunch of tiny saffs, each making different animal sounds. Oh, that's cute. Throwback to last week's episode. That's so many saffs. Yeah, but how, so much, how much tinier? I'm just kidding, Seth. They're tiny, just like you. Aww. Tom the Fanboy said, My sphere of responsibility is filled with a bunch of tabletop RPG notes for games nobody else wants to play. Aww. That's just his regular house. <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> just your current sphere. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> draw, draw a sphere around you right now, and yeah, it's, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Dinner leader said, A lot of unpaid debt. Jeez, that's real. That's a bummer. Sill <laughs> yeah. Yeah. said, if my, if my sphere of responsibility smashed into tiny pieces, one would find a little Ewok pilot and a lady droid, his best friend, inside. The Ewok <laughs> would be eating chicken that is fried, not to be confused with fried chicken. I love this answer. This I, I think great. we all just got I, called out in this. I love totally the first half of that answer. <laughs> 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 Ian Miller said, Smashing my sphere of responsibility, you just find an A-wing starfighter where my heart should be, piloted by Tycho. That's Heath's sphere of responsibility. Yeah. Sorry. Which is also my sphere of irresponsibility. Yes. Nick said, the sphere of reasonability shatters, releasing a cacophony of Saf's turtle sex noises. No! <laughs> just how reasonable yeah. is one? So reasonable. Not reasonable. Turtle sex noises. <laughs> Super oh, not reasonable. No. Not that would reasonable. Be horrific to hear. Can you make one right now? No. Please. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Okay. Suara <laughs> said, if I had to break my sphere of responsibility, it would reveal a whole bottle full of Ursula's potion from the Little Mermaid too. That what? <laughs> deep <Whoa>. cut. <laughs> this is a Listen. Suara. Listen, that is a bad movie. Suara, you just called hey. yourself out for having watched The Little Mermaid 2. Sorry. But Who hasn't watched that movie? I have not watched that You movie. haven't watched also, a Danny. lot of movies. Both of you anyway. have not watched a lot of movies that other people have actually watched. Keith, so you want to have a Little Mermaid 2 slumber party sometime? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my god, yes. No, I wasn't inviting you to. Oh, wow. Well, we can have our own one then, Meg. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Feel attacked. Wait, yeah. Dan- Danny, who are, you, who are you screaming at? Who's invited to yours? <laughs> you. I was inviting you, Heath. Okay, then I won't be mad. Okay. It was confusing because all three of us were talking and then you screamed it. And I was like, wait, who's invited to Danny's thing? <laughs> should I be happy or should I? Yeah, at Celebration. We're gonna we're in our in our special room. We're gonna watch have a little mermaid two slumber party. Danny, I mean, there's not gonna be time for that. <laughs> you think you can have a like a slumber party? No, we'll get so many. We will get so many nuggets. Part if of you the eat tradition. Your, eat nuggets at this. Ugh. We'll do it. Part you of think the tradition you guys of... can have a slumber party at Celebration without us? Yeah, That's seriously. cute. That's cute. <laughs> well, we could have. We no, I'll save this pettiness for later. Um, oh, <laughs> no. Part uh, of the tradition of Celebration is to spend the nine months leading up to you saying all these ridiculous things that you're never actually going to have time to do. It's just what you do. Yeah, true. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't think of anything right now. Anyway. <laughs> Let me finish Swara's answer. Yeah, that's Swara has seen this movie. 
If I had to break my sphere of responsibility, it would reveal a whole bottle of Ursula's pot. I didn't she? She died in the first one. She did, but her sister's her, in the second her, one. Oh, her potion collection oh, didn't die. Is her and her name's also Ursula, and they look and talk the same. I bet. No, it's Ursula. Don't no. worry about it. <laughs> she inherited Ursula's potion collection in the a will. whole bottle of <laughs> Ursula 2's potion from the Little Mermaid two <laughs> no, that turns people into mer people. My loved ones and I would drink it, become mer people. I would have a cerulean tail and found Atlantica. Oh my god, you have a mersona. <laughs> Wait. Can we change this listener question to be what's your yes. persona? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> We can use the voicemail one from other time. Uh, that's much better than the very dark question I was going to ask this week. <laughs> the voicemail no, question was Mersona. good though, right? Mersona. You all. You all. Mersona. Oh. Oh, no. Mersona. Oh, that's okay. What are we I, I misheard you. So Mersona is exciting because there's so many fish. So instead of yeah. asking a question related to the reading that we all did this week, we're asking We're just asking mermaids. a funny question now. <laughs> we're asking a question related to a listener question. Based on related to the book, uh, uh, reading. Suarez never gonna shut up about too. this. <laughs> All right, we gotta save that first Ona question because that one's also good. <laughs> that is we, good, yeah. We can and, use we, it later. and we gotta save that voicemail question because that was also good. That is a good. But one. why would we do that this week when we had the point? <laughs> Okay. Listen, because the Mersona week, is relevant. Yeah, we can't just do the Mersona next week when no one's talked about having a Mersona. But Wedge's, when is Wedge's voicemail going to come up again? All the time. You promise? You yes. know. Okay. All right. So long as you promise. Yeah. <laughs> Will also, we... I could just write it into the show notes, and it's not like you guys would read read the book anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, every member of Rogue Squadron called Wedge and left a voicemail. Like, yes! Like, so Cora tried to call him, but his voicemail box was full. <laughs> what does this say about the book that we would believe that, though? Yeah, correct. <laughs> every one of the next seven chapters was a complete deviation from the plot so far and was just a different member of Rogue Squadron calling Wedge on his phone. Everyone in the last four chapters was actually a Mersona created by Wedge. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. This book was a simulation in Wedge's head of all of her Mersonas. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy right now. Anyway, listeners, this week's question. <laughs> if you is, haven't caught up by now. <laughs> what is your Mersona? Which I didn't know was a thing, so now I have to like really think about this. <laughs> We're clearly not answering this tonight. Is that like a, a cocktail of some kind? That's a mimosa, Danny. Oh. <laughs> what a brunch. God. So what's a Mersona? It's, uh, it's what... Persona. No, yeah. don't, don't tell him. Make him Urban Dictionary list. <laughs> oh. Do not let him figure it out. I already fit it. I'm sorry. Maybe I just really value the interpretation of my co-hosts. You do not. If that's true, would, Danny, it. if you're half fish, what would you look like? <laughs> Admiral Akbar. <laughs> the bottom half. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be the bottom half. It's humorous. <laughs> the bottom yes. half of Admiral Akbar. <laughs> top half. Top half. Shirtless Kylo Ren. Bottom half. 
Admiral Akbar. Is that a Mersona? Yeah, but slightly larger Admiral Akbar. But is this butterfly meme, except above the hand is a Photoshop I did of top half shirtless Kylo Ren, bottom half Akbar. And he's asking, is this a Mersona? Boy, me- memes are so much funnier when you s- describe them. <laughs> I'll make it tonight and tweet it from Rogue Pod. Thank oh you. I, I no, need to see No one will know, like, why <laughs> this came up. Because like, it's it's very deep in, like, the listener responses. Like, this is not related to the reading. No one who has ever read this book would be like, yeah, totally normal for them to be talking about personas right now. I mean, anybody who follows Rogue Podger would know that this is very normal for me tweeting something about Mersa. <laughs> and it's a top half shirtless Kylo Ren, bottom half Akbar. <laughs> is I this love a Mersona? Our particular brand of nonsense. That is the base. Saf, Saf, you're up. Let's wrap this thing up. All right, listeners. Roll us, us home. <laughs> Hit us up with your answers to what your Mersona is on Twitter at RoguePodron. You can email us RoguePodron at gmail.com. Subscribe via the RoguePodron mm, feed on iTunes <laughs> or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. And leave us a nice review, a nice rating, because it helps other people find us. God knows why they want to, but <laughs> we need those stars to eat. We need we them. Need, we're hungry. We're so hungry. <laughs> Wait, I don't. I don't eat stars. I never. You never Wait, eat your stars. Your stars? I never agreed to. That. Why, why don't you share with the rest of us then? Oh my. All right, all right. Oh my gosh! If you're still listening to this, kudos. Um, next time, join us for I Jedi chapters twenty-eight through thirty-four. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Mersona, Mersona, Mersona. Oh my god. Look oh at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Is Ariel my Mersona? Singing about their Funko Pop collection? They're singing about their collection of every Zuvio that was left behind in a Toys R Us. Yeah. Oh, he he said it genuinely. <laughs> Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Much more audio to delete while Saf pees. <laughs> Danny, tell your joke again. <laughs> It was only good the first time. I have a really irrational fear <laughs> of worms. You have what? I'm like I have an irrational fear of worms. Meg has worms. Like, like that's I'm what, really. That's scared. why I heard the first time. No, a fear of. Like I'm scared that like when it's super rainy and they're all out on the sidewalk, I'm scared if I accidentally step on one, it'll somehow just wrap around my foot. Even though they're not big enough for it, I still think it's gonna happen. It will magically so, like, grow. Yeah, that it'll just times like, its current size. Stay, stay on me, and I'm really. Steph, are you smoking a cigarette? No, I'm oh, just smoking okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Do you want to know how much of an old I am?
Yeah. Yes. I just Googled what does zero underscore underscore zero mean. It's an emoji, bro. And Google says oh. zero is both a number and the numerical digit used to represent that number in numerals. <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> Not helpful. What Funny. is it? What is it? An emoji of? It's a cute face, like shocked emoji. Yeah. Or like, or like it's like displeased. It's like. <laughs> so it's like like the face. straightest the, face the you could. Further make. apart the eyes, the less pleased. Is that the yeah. idea? It's usually okay. a surprise <laughs> face, also. Yeah. The way Suara uses it is a like not pleased face. And okay. I know you're Googling it because he just tweeted it at me. Yeah, that's why. The yeah. way okay, so let me know if I'm using this Asians correctly. use it. Is <laughs> the correct way to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can you proofread this tweet for me? Did you just, where did you send it? I just tweeted it. <laughs> that's not how that's proofreading not proofing works. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Donnie, that looks fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Looks totally Wait, normal. Hasn't. <laughs> Danny's bad. Well, I got a like already, so it must be pretty good. Was it Swara? <laughs> no, it was, oh, it was Safra. Comedy wow. gold. Swafra. Comedy gold. Oh my gosh. If I ever ship you and Swara, it's going to be great because I can say hashtag Swafra. Swafra. I hate it. Would you prefer Swaraf? It's like a giraffe, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. 